0: Hello, I'm Chris Neeland, host of a new podcast, Cult Brand Secrets, brought to you by The Gathering and Evergreen Podcasts. The Gathering is a Forbes top-rated business summit and a masterclass for brand and business leaders looking to reap the benefits of cult-like adoration. Each year, The Gathering brings together disruptors from around the globe to learn from and to celebrate the leaders behind iconic brands like Marvel, Skittles, Beats by Dre, Yeti, and the Dallas Cowboys. For the first time ever, this podcast will give you access to some of the exclusive business leader learnings from The Gathering's past events. When I reflect back on the 50 plus speakers who spoke at The Gathering in 2021, Ryan Berman's speech is probably the talk that I think about the most often. He just dropped so many pearls of wisdom and he reminded me what my job as an advisor and as a consultant truly is. For just way too many years, I thought that I only had two big responsibilities. First was to inspire people by what is possible, by showing them examples of what great cult brands do, And then secondly, to teach executives the step-by-step instructions that are necessary to apply Colt Brand principles to their organization. But I was missing a critical third part of my job description, which is after I help someone have the desire to improve, and after I give them the know-how to improve, I must also help them have the courage to improve. That is what most people lack. They lack the resolve to stick to things when the going gets hard. They lack the continuous motivation required to overcome fear or insecurity. They lack the courage to stick their necks out and to zig when their boss or the peer pressure of their company wants them to zag. You know, Ryan specializes in courage. He understands how hard it is for people to live with courage, you know, not just in their jobs, but in their day-to-day lives. His talk provides us with invaluable advice on why and how we can overcome our fear and anxieties. And as leaders, he helps us have more empathy for the concerns and challenges that people are wrestling with. I know that I am more effective today at my job because I have been applying what I learned from Ryan a year ago. I hope the same for you. So have a listen.
1: I promise I'll keep it real with you if you keep it real with me. My name is Ryan Berman. I am the founder of Courageous, and what you see here on the screen is where I've been spending my last year. I call it the Courage Cave. It's been a crazy journey, and uh, I've been flying around Zoom, basically Dubai, England, the U.S., of course. My energy is ready to roll. Thank you so much for having me. Who am I? Like I said, I'm Ryan Berman. I'm the founder of a company called Courageous the author of a book called Return on Courage, and the co-host of The Courageous Podcast. Really, my core business is being an agile special forces that helps you pinpoint what makes you special. Um, Now more than ever, we need courage. I think you can see that all of us are a little bit afraid, a little bit scared for the future, and my hope is to help walk you through that, give you some tools for courage so you can move forward. Now, most of us are one of the following four. We're even stuck we're stale, we're slow, can't have those hard conversations, or deep down, we're scared, and we're just afraid. We're afraid to have those conversations with our leaders about what's going on in the workplace. And before we move any further, I wanna address the elephant in the room, which is the old adage, how do you eat an elephant? Now, there's an actual answer to this, which I'm gonna, my answer to this, which we're gonna come back to in a little bit, but do you have time to eat an elephant? one bite at a time? Could you imagine going to your boss and being like, well, we're gonna eat the elephant one bite at a time, just come back in 2027 and we should have an answer for you. And that means that your number one competitor is time. And if I could help you pick up time, get you clear, have hard conversations that need to happen, and create belief, you will pick up time inside your organization. This means the only competitor you need to worry about is yourself and can you pick up time inside the company? If you want to be a great teammate, I always like to say, learn to be a great time-mate. Go right at it um, and have those conversations with your team. To me, courage is a team sport. There's an R in courage for a reason, and there's three things I know about courage for certain. One, change happens. I love this quote. I love the quote because it's as relevant today as it was 210 years ago. And where change is needed, courage is needed. I believe that courage is the gas and risk is the brakes. Now, what happens if you hit the brakes of the business? The business doesn't go anywhere. What happens if you hit both pedals at the same time? I actually don't know and don't think we want to know. So now it comes down to how much are we hitting the gas? Now, I do believe conversations about risk mitigation, unbeknownst to you, are conversations about courage mitigation. That means if you're risk-adverse, unbeknownst to you, you're also courage-adverse. And the number three thing I know about today is that the truth matters. If you're at an agency or you run an agency partner and you don't let them in to see your culture, they are handcuffed. This is how the old way of marketing used to work. You had your product over here and just your story over here. And there's just a little bit of crossover. Now I believe it's more like DNA. It's got to be connected. It's got to be honest. It has to be mirror the culture and the next generation is going to demand that. If you're telling the outside world this, but on the inside your culture is this, you have a serious problem. You're going to have an attrition issue. Okay, we are living through a very cloudy time right now. I would call it a clarity epidemic. And you can see why it's so hard for us to make decisions. Next thing you know, your boss is telling you one thing. Maybe the board is saying something else. That social media wizard is telling you, hey, our customers demand this. And there's so much information coming at you that you make no choices, you go through no doors, and you get passed by somebody else. Now, we said we were gonna keep it real today. So put your business on timeout for one minute. Where are you on the spectrum? Are you a coward brand? A stasis brand? An iterative brand? An aspirational brand? Or are you a courage brand? Now, without me even having to define these five categories, in your heart, you know where your business is. My sole goal is to move you up that chain to a Courage brand, and that takes change. Or if you don't like change, as Eric Shinseki of Four Star General says, you're gonna like irrelevance even less. Now, I had the luxury of going on a 1,000-day listening tour. I see myself a bit like a change mechanic. And over those 1,000 days, I had a chance to talk to the brave, the bullish, and the brainiac. On the brave side, I spoke to astronauts and Navy SEALs and tornado chasers. And I spoke to this woman right here. Her name is Loretta Hidalgo. She was a founding astronaut at Virgin Galactic. And the universe is a funny place. It's back in 2017. At this point, I'm running a 70-person agency down in California. And she said, like, come up and have lunch with me when you could do that sort of thing in person. And so I pop up to Orange County and before our trays even hit the table at lunch, the astronaut says to me, so what makes you qualified to write a book about courage? Touche astronaut. Well, I have been writing pithy one-liners on Twitter for a living. That's pretty courageous. And she proceeded to tell me, no, 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 no. I didn't tell you to write this book. Part of your journey is figuring out why you chose to write this book in the first place and she proceeded to tell me that her definition of success is when there's no daylight between the personal you and the professional you. Now, as a guy that's been in the service business business for 20 years, that had me driving back in silence with my hands in the 10 and two position. And the truth is, when I looked at myself, I wasn't really sure why I was servicing the clients other than that's what my job had suggested. And if you don't know what you stand for, you never know when to take a stand. The second B were the bullish. I had a chance to look behind the curtain at Apple and Google and Method and Harvard. This man right here is Steve Willite. He was hired directly by Steve Jobs. I had three conversations with Eric Ryan from Method and Welly. And I was fascinated by the biggest companies on the planet were also the most agile. You'd think it would be the little company that could be nimble. But these big companies were putting process and infrastructure and resources, and that's how they were changing and staying ahead of the pack. The final B were the brainiacs, clinical psychologists and immunologists, the CEO of Neurogym, who's also the co-writer of The Secret. His name is John Assaraf. And I was just fascinated by how the brain works. Like, what is actually going on in a courageous moment? when I need to be courageous. What's going on inside that brain? Now you throw all that in the soup and you come out the other side with a little bit of bad news. So we gotta slog through what I call the four truths of the business apocalypse. And if any one of these is happening by themselves, that would be brutal enough. But the fact that all four are swirling at the same time, you can see why companies are perishing at an all time rate. That's our number one. You got 52% of the Fortune 500 since 2000 that are now gone. And that number is gonna hold. Almost half of the S&P 500 in the next 10 years are going to be replaced. Public companies have a shorter lifespan than just ever, says the Boston Consulting Group. And they say no shape, size, or sector is safe. Back in the day, 50 years ago, if you made it onto the Fortune 500, you could take your shoes off and coast. You'd be on that Fortune 500 list for 75 years. Today, what do you think it is? The answer, under 12 So this is real, it is real, that companies are are carouseling on and off the Fortune 500. There's gonna be 9,000 brands that rattle on and off the Fortune 500 in the next six decades. John Chambers predicts that 40% of all companies will be dead in seven years. Now, why would I go and throw statistic after statistic after statistic up on the screen like this? The truth is, you don't think statistics have anything to do with you or your business. Do you think statistics are for other businesses? But the fact is we have a literal grave danger that's right in front of us. And it's one of two. So it's even you or it's your competitor. Truth number two is what got you here won't keep you here. This is Jonathan Mildenhall, used to be the CMO of Airbnb, very talented. He says, the thing that drives a lot of traditional companies is the fear of losing what you already have. And we hold on and we squeeze the sponge and get every point out of that that last innovation because we're so afraid to make investments in other spaces. And I truly believe this idea was uh, why this particular slide happened. Probably the saddest slide in my deck. I believe this is the last social media post for Toys R Us. Although I don't think that's a Jeffrey Toys R Us suitcase right there. Toys R Us is making a comeback. Again, my hope is that they see themselves not in the toy business, but in the joy business. Again, if it's all about clarity, what decisions can be made through the the, the joy business? And again, they know they can't compete on price with Amazon. These are the three truths of uh, one, number retail fail is here to stay. Two, we've got this mass offline to online movement. A word on the street is that Amazon's actually taking 75 cents of every dollar from offline to online. There's a reason this man here is smiling because 90% of us are absolutely satisfied with Amazon. So it is a tough time to be in a business right now when this is your competition. This is Roger Martin. He ran IP for Qualcomm. Uh, 30,000 employees, they've got a campus. And for our hour-long interview, for 50 minutes, he talked about zombies. He said, if someone in the beginning would have recognized that the zombie was dangerous and taken it seriously, they could have quarantined it and killed it. These slow moving zombies are the same things that are taking our businesses down, but we actually don't believe they're gonna come take down our infrastructure and take our business down. He says, nobody believes that the danger is as big as it is. We're conditioned to believe that the status quo is going to continue forever. Now, it's hard to work on your tomorrow when you have no time, and we're back to time again. You need time, but you don't have time. And we've got turnaround time issues in the organizations, and we've got turnover time. Issues And every time somebody leaves, you got to find somebody else, and you got to hope you can train them up, and it slows you down. We've got a lot of stress right now and too little speed. The stress is coming from pandemic business. It's all these meetings in Zoom. Um, not enough think time, all this do time. So how do we like, actually make think time? And then on the too little speed side, there's a lack of clarity, there's a lack of process. And with our next generation, there's a lack of trust and a lack of empowerment. If you are a future superstar, at a company, and you want to be challenged, and you want to be inspired, and you don't get that opportunity, or maybe you did, but then someone takes that project away from you, you're out of here. So 43% of millennials, this was a Deloitte study, global study of 10,000 millennials, 43% they'll be in a new job in the next two years. Now, I actually think because of the pandemic, there'll be a little bit of course correction here, but you can't deny the fact that this is the highest turnover rate we've seen in the last 16 years. The fourth and final truth is that we're literally wired to fear change. We are afraid to make a move. This is my brain Sherpa. His name is Nicholas Alp. He's a Cambridge PhD and an immunologist. He really explained what was going on in the inside here. Says you can't get rid of the original archaic layers of your central nervous system. So imagine it like a reverse onion, where that thing that happened to you in high school is still there, or perhaps that first boss who snapped your head off. And we've come up with no strategies to deal with that. To make matters worse, we think just because technology has advanced, that we've advanced. So great, my smartwatch can tell me how many beats per minute my heart is racing, but has no data whatsoever as to why my heart is trying to escape my chest. Are we really going the right way? Are we really advancing as a people? Nicholas says, we have to accept the limitations of our ancient heritage. We have to come up with strategies that help us handle bad emotions and fear. This thing called our central nervous system is paralyzing us. It doesn't exactly come up in normal conversations, does it? Oh, did you see the game last night? LeBron's central nervous system was unbelievable. How was your day, honey? Is your central nervous system okay? But when you really break it down, central at the core of you, system, you're an operating system. And right there in the middle, nervous. Don't suggest that to that boss. Don't move there to that city. Definitely don't open your mouth in that meeting. But right there in the center is the nervous part. And we have to come up with strategies to handle that. And if you manage a team of 10, it's not only your CNS, it's your full teams. Have you ever been in that meeting when you said, does everybody got it? And Everybody nods their head yes. And nobody wants to talk. Everyone's afraid to actually raise their hand and ask the question. So we're all dealing with this thing called our central nervous system. And in the pandemic world, now it looks like this. Some people have their camera on, some people don't have their camera on, some people are muted. There's Zoom fatigue in every direction. So it's so hard to get the truth out of our teams. Now the experts say that 95% of us are freezer flight and only 5% of us are fight. That means that 95% of us are driven by fear and only 5% of us are driven by courage. It means that 95% of companies are in preservation mode while only 5% have what it takes to liberate forward. It means 95% of us are warriors, and only 5% of us are warriors. My hope, if you're listening to this today, that you have what it takes to take this conversation back to your organization, to your culture, and start that hard conversation about change. That's why I feel so strongly about this word courage that it's a competitive advantage for anyone who chooses to unlock it. This slide, this is not a slide about uh, the, the business morning. This slide is all about opportunity. All the slide is telling you is that 50% of the Fortune 500 is opening up. If you can get prepared to get in there, you'll be good to go, because you know there's going to be turnover. My hope is that we can flip central nervous system to what I call your central courage system, and that takes training. It starts by taking a, a better look at this particular definition. So this is the dictionary definition of courage, the ability to do something that frightens you. And I will tell you that this is the exact definition that sent me down the rabbit hole on my book in the first place, because this is not a helpful definition. I wanna do something that frightens me. I'm gonna run into a burning building. Well, if I'm not a firefighter, I'm not trained or prepared to do that. That is not a courageous move. That is a reckless move. If there's one thing you remember from today, my hope is this definition. My definition of courage, is nothing more than knowledge plus faith plus action equals courage. In business, you're never going to have all the knowledge you need to make a call, which is why you need faith. And when we talk about faith, we don't mean in the religious sense. We mean in the inner belief sense. And then how many times have you known the right thing to do and you felt it was the right move and the organization takes no action? So it has to be all three for it to be a courageous move. In fact, knowledge plus faith, with no action is paralysis. All this knowledge, all the data people come back in 2027, we should have an answer for you, but there's little or no action and your organization is getting passed. Faith and action without knowledge is reckless. This is a careless move, it looks like this. You leap, but maybe you should add a little bit of data before you jumped into what you did. And finally, knowledge and action without faith. If you've been at that company for 15 years, 20 years, if you don't believe in the leadership, and you're numb on the inside, you're working on safe, you're working on status quo. So it has to be all three, knowledge plus faith plus action equals courage. Another way I like to think about this is what do, you, what do we think about this? How does this make me feel? And now what are we gonna do about it? Think, feel, do. Now take one moment and ask yourself, has there been a time in your career where you made a careless step without collecting enough knowledge? or? Maybe there was a time where you played it safe, and now looking back, you regret that you allowed the status quo to continue. Or maybe there's a time in your career where you just, for whatever reason, couldn't bring yourself to taking action. You get knowledge plus faith plus action equals courage. This brings us to the definition of a courage brand. Courage brands, they don't just embody change. They don't just embrace change. They create the change, and they do so by addressing business fears head on. So the question is, which knowledge in our organization should we be following? Where are we going to build team faith? And then where will we take action? Now, in the spirit of we don't have hours here, I go into greater detail in the book, Return on Courage. Just what the world needs is another person with an acronym. But there is a price to becoming a courage brand. What I wanted to do was leave you instead with three big bold takeaways, one on knowledge, one on faith, and one on action. When it comes to knowledge, again, we're back to the clarity epidemic, right? We have to get clear fast. Are your values real or are they BS? Are they just collecting dust on a wall or do they actually value and align with the people that are walking your halls? I do think we should switch this word from fearless to fear more. And what I mean by that is there's a famous proverb that fear and courage are brothers. You actually cannot get to the courageous choice without first channeling it through fear. But what most of us do in business is we suppress that fear versus address that fear. Um, At Merck, one of the exercises they do at their offsite is a what could kill the company exercise, and they break up into groups, and they bring to the surface the biggest fears of the business, and then they decide if they want to invest in those ideas or not. That is a great example of not being fearless, but fearing more and not waiting for that fear to get you. So take a second here and think about the biggest hurdle you've got. It could be on your team, it could be in your company, but just have the courage to write it down. I love this quote from Sally Hogshead. She says, different is better than better. So as you think about your clear, you have to be clearly different. We have to have something that's ownable. And when you have that thing that's ownable, that's what's piping through this DNA. When it comes to building faith, we're finally back to how do you eat an elephant? And to me, the answer is with a pack of aligned Strategic Lions. To me, when everybody's playing off the same playbook, that's when you actually have a shot to take down the elephant. And it is incredibly hard to do this when you're in a watch-your-back culture versus a got-your-back culture. When you're in a watch-your-back culture, you feel like the elephant. You feel like someone's coming for you. You can't trust anybody in in any direction, and that's slowing the organization down. But when you're in a got-your-back culture, you guys are a pack of aligned lions. You can take down that elephant, and you can do it fast together. I think this is a direct reflection of leadership. Uh, Poor leaders, unfortunately, turn leadership into cheerleadership. We start rah -rah rahing to our staffs versus giving them the truth and giving them what they really need. And remember, I'm a writer, so I make up words. I'll admit it. I do believe the goal of leadership is what I call believership. And you even make believers in organizations or fake believers. Now, do fake believers wear a t-shirt that says fake believer in Zoom? Of course not. They nod and smile and they collect a paycheck. And meanwhile, they're rolling their eyes when when the Zoom goes away. So how do you actually make believers inside an organization? Phil Knight from Nike says, belief is irresistible. It actually minimizes attrition. Lots of ways to make believers. The one we're going to talk about today is, and this is incredibly annoying for the leadership team, but repeaters make believers. We have to say the same thing over and over again, over and over again, so our team sees the consistency of our messaging. I adore this idea from Converse, they call it a conviction statement, but they start and end every meeting with this statement. Okay, it's turned into an expectation for them. Converse believes that unleashing the creative spirit will change the world. Jeff Cottrell, who used to be their chief marketing officer, said, hey, I didn't know if someone was on their first day, their 10th year, and so we would always start and end every meeting with this particular idea. It's annoying for any leader to repeat themselves over and over again as you think you're over-communicating, but consistency is what your team craves. Furthermore, it's annoying for any leader to repeat themselves over and over again as you think you are over-communicating, but consistency is what your team craves. And Jim Collins simply says, the signature of a pedestrian company is persistent inconsistency. consistency. We're coming down the home stretch on where should you take action? If there's one takeaway here coming off of a pandemic year, which I think was a completely resilient year for all of us, there is a very big difference between when you drive change or when change drives you. If you drive change and you're hitting the gas, that's courage. When change drives you and you're responding to that, that is resilience. They're both important but the sole goal is to start driving change forward. Let's create the change, right? Like it's not just embody change or embrace change. Our sole goal together is to get on that other side of doubt and don't wait, start experimenting now. When you get to the doors, pick a door, choose a door. Remember, courage starts with one, starts with you, and then have the courage to talk to someone else on the team, which it goes to two, and then hopefully it becomes like the, the Rudy moment where there's a few, And then there's a crew. And then you have this uncontrollable slew because it's taken over the culture. And you actually have a courageous arena. It's not enough to be bold. We have to act bold. And it starts with you. My hope is that you won't just look at the world differently, but that you'll take a chance and you'll do the world differently. My hope is that you stay courageous. Thank you. and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find The Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.
0: Honestly, I don't really have much more to add. Ryan spelled it out so clearly. I especially love his point about eating an elephant with a pride of lions. In my experience, the easiest way to do hard or scary things is with the help of others. Just as there is safety in numbers, there is also confidence in numbers. I think more brand leaders need to be more accepting of help and more collaborative in their approaches. Marketing and brand building are team sports. And you'll need different skill sets and different perspectives at different times in order to overcome various obstacles and move at the speed necessary to make a noticeable impact. You know, Ryan spoke a lot about time and speed, and I agree that spoils often don't go to the best solution, but rather the first to market, or the most responsive, or to the company best able to react to something that's highly topical or culturally relevant. So is your organization really optimized for speed and is it as comfortable with risk as it needs to be? I know many cult brand leaders who would say that their culture's willingness to move fast and to travel down paths less traveled is their single greatest competitive advantage. I wish that for you. So keep listening to these podcasts and fill your head with examples of what's truly possible And then give us a call if you need some help to do something awesome. Until next time. Once again, this is your host, Chris Neeland, and you've been listening to Cult Brand Secrets, where we explore the great speakers and insights shared at The Gathering, a Forbes top-rated business summit. Learn more about The Gathering at cultgathering.com. If you enjoyed today's podcast, Please rate and review us on your podcast app. It really helps. Colt Brand Secrets is a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Learn more about our podcasts at evergreenpodcasts.com. Special thanks to Connor Standish and Laura Winter for their assistance in making this podcast possible. Also, I'd like to thank our producer and audio engineer, William Pritz, as well as executive producers, David Moss and Bridget Coyne. I'm your host, Chris Nealon. Thanks for listening.